1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by my co-host, Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you?
2: Doing well, Sean. How are you?
1: Doing well, Derek. And right as we're getting started introducing this episode, the SEC released the Times and TV networks for, I know, the first two weeks of the college football season. But then they also released certain games for Saturday, October 17th, the 31st of October, and November 7th. So it's, a, it's kind of messy if you look at this thing. But we do know Kentucky-Auburn will kick off at noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central, on the SEC Network on Saturday, September 26th. Uh, Derek, that's a game that I think should have been in that 3.30 hour on CBS over LSU-Mississippi State. Clearly, those are the two the two better teams, two better matchups, in my opinion. Are you surprised that it got put
2: at noon? Um, Unlike many fans, I don't hate noon kickoffs. Matter of fact, I prefer them, especially if I'm covering the game. So, I love the noon kickoff. I understand if you're a fan who, well, this year, you probably won't be tailgating anyway, maybe at home, if you want to watch the games. And I guess I might cut into your tailgating time, but – I wasn't super surprised that CBS took LSU just because it's the defending national champions. I kind of get it. Um, and I'm sure that that decision was made before uh, LSU had two of their best players opt out. So that's going to be like a completely new team. I don't think that that game is going to be a great game. But you do still have, like like we said, the defending national champs, a huge fan base in LSU. I, I get it, even if I don't think it's that great of a game. I mean, I'm looking at this slate on the TV and – I mean, I guess if you wanted the prime time slot, seven thirty yeah. would have been it. that's where they have Tennessee and South Carolina. So I think UCAN Auburn's a better better game than that. But again, you're asking my opinion. I love the new kickoffs. Love it. Well,
1: we'll get you'll get to watch more games around college football. You know we'll have, media has a different opinion because we miss the entire college football day because we have to get to the stadium so early with everything. But that's an SEC game at noon, Derek. That's something we talked about in recent weeks. Kentucky never plays yep. SEC games at noon on the SEC network. So no, uh,
2: people ain't happy, are they? First no. time in six years or whatever, and they ain't happy <laughs> that it's uh, happening.
1: So that one, and then you move to the next week, and Kentucky Ole Miss is that four p.m. Eastern time game on the SEC network. So it's it's a time Kentucky's has been in multiple times. Uh, I don't know how many seven thirty games Kentucky's going to have in that ten game schedule. I mean, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, future dates. So that one
2: oh, so far, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then noon versus
2: Missouri on on Halloween. So okay, I, that's more than I have seen. So I, I saw the first two weeks. Um, yeah. So what other games is that the other is that the only other one they've sent out for UK? Uh,
1: they have that one for UK, and that's it. So they have dates. Some dates are are listed. LSU Florida is ESPN or ESPN two on the seventeenth at three thirty, and then Vandy Missouri is locked in at seven thirty Eastern time on the network for the seventeenth. So you still have they still have to make decisions on Kentucky Tennessee, Auburn South Carolina A and M Mississippi State Ole Miss Arkansas for the week of the seventeenth. So we could see Kentucky again in that noon slot. You could see them at three thirty. Um, I don't know. It's kind of kind of wild how they released this. Like I said, it's very choppy and to see. Like I, I'm reading on secsports.com, so we got Kentucky Auburn. But no
2: CBS games so far for you. No right?
1: CBS games so far. There were only I think four open weeks left that have not been selected by CBS. Uh, Kentucky. I think the Kentucky Florida week was one. So I guess we could wait and see when we get late in the season. Uh, but I think. Alabama-LSU was the most the two most featured teams on CBS on the uh, early release. So, I think that's – I mean, that's common. All but
2: one game. Yeah, all but yeah. one game. Uh is going to feature uh, LSU and Alabama.
1: So, just to recap, here's what we have so far. Kentucky-Auburn at noon on the SEC Network on the 26th. Kentucky-Ole Miss 4 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network on the 3rd of October. Kentucky, Missouri at noon on the SEC network on Halloween, and that's all we have so far for Kentucky's actual games that we do know are locked in with Tom's and TV networks. So the rest of that, I'm, I'm assuming, Derek, they'll probably just release it the week, the two weeks ahead, like they normally do. Yeah. But it's kind of wild that they went ahead and put some in on Saturday the seventh for the network, and then on Halloween too. That's kind of kind of strange that they went that far ahead and determined those games. Uh, who knows what their method is this year. There's a lot of – I'm sure there's some – there's a method to all the madness. But, uh, yeah, people not very happy. Kentucky-Auburn at noon for the first Saturday of the college football season. I mean, I thought that game – in a normal situation, Derek, I think that game was probably a 7.30 network game at worst.
2: Yeah. Well, but there's no anticipation now. I mean, you you, you have to wait a whole extra month, basically, to watch Kentucky play football. And then you're not complaining that the game's at noon? <laughs> i don't get it i mean if you see it as a sign of disrespect then okay maybe but like i'm just trying to think from a fan perspective man like you don't have to wait at all like as soon as you if you sleep as late as i do sometimes you wake up roll out of bed and come out and watch football so <laughs> that's the way i see it but i know people don't always see it that way but uh you get your wish the next week you can wait until 4:30 to watch kentucky play ole miss <laughs> or four this- whatever time it was <laughs>
1: At this point, I just want to watch Kentucky play football, Derek. Yeah. I just want to watch everybody play football at this point. I mean, I don't care if you start at 9 a.m., honestly. Just uh, just get it out there so we can watch some football. So that's that's the breaking news opening this show. But we're also going to go back to Monday. Jay Lucas, UK, they make it official. He'll be a special assistant to John Calipari and recruiting coordinator for John Calipari. So, A key role bringing Jay Lucas to the staff. We're going to be joined by Brandon Jenkins, who is a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. He's very familiar, familiar with Jay Lucas and the state of Texas, so we're going to talk about some of those future prospects that Kentucky fans should be on the lookout for Kentucky possibly getting involved in their recruitment. We're going to talk about Jay Lucas' ability to build relationships, and just what it means to bring Lucas to Kentucky staff. Uh, Derek, I know Brandon's a guy that you're familiar with on the 24-7 Sports Network, and you're the one that set up this interview today.
2: Yeah, Brandon, uh, what I didn't know until the interview was that uh, Brandon actually was a walk-on on the Texas basketball team last year. So this is not just, a, you know, you run running the mill scout. This is a guy who technically played under Jay Lucas last season. Uh, he said that he spent a lot of time with Jay at practice talking about recruits. So this is a guy who uh, very well suited for this new job that he has at 24-7 Sports. And he gave us some good insight on, uh, on Jay, on Damian Collins, and also uh, two guys that you might want to watch for in the 22 class out of Texas who could be uh, receiving UK offers at some point.
1: Yep, so let's go ahead and get into that interview with Brandon Jenkins. So here's Brandon Jenkins of 24-7 Sports. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily. As now we're joined by Brandon Jenkins, the national basketball recruiting analyst for Twenty Four Seven Sports. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here, Brandon. The news with Jay Lucas became official yesterday. He's he's on his way to Kentucky. That that's confirmed. The UK sent out a press release on Monday. Uh, that sort of rumor was out there two weeks ago, but now that it's defi- now that it's official, what is your reaction to Jay? moving to Kentucky?
0: I honestly think it is the biggest hire of the year. Um, Jay Jay's history and background speaks for itself. Um, just with the type of recruiting battles that he's won uh, since being at UT, um, I think uh, it's a perfect hire, and I think it's a perfect fit, and I think both parties will uh, are just excited.
2: Brandon, for him to leave a full-time role uh, on the bench – at Texas, obviously his alma mater, for an off-the-court role at at Kentucky. However long that may be, there's some speculation that, you know, he might move into a full-time role at Kentucky as soon as the 22 season uh, comes around. But for him to do that, kind of – what did you just think about that? It's kind of rare, I think, that you would see a guy leave a full-time job for an off-the-court role.
0: Uh, I think it wasn't based on him – Whether he had a full-time role or off-the-road role, I think it was more based on him being able to prove himself, being able not to just be seen as a a primary Texas recruiter, but a guy who can build relationships with kids all over the country and um, uh, recruit the best of the best to help the uh, Wildcats win their ninth national championship.
1: So... What exactly is Kentucky getting in Jay Lucas? For Kentucky fans that, you know, they were, they're were they familiar with the name Jay Lucas because he almost ended up at Kentucky as a player. But what in terms of what he does as a coach, recruiter, just give B.B.N. a little bit of some insight on who Jay Lucas is. Uh, definitely. I spent
0: a year with Jay Lucas because I was a walk-on on the University of Texas basketball team last year. And one thing that I can tell you is that he – he builds relationships with his players. Players are immediately drawn to him just because of his personality, his background, and his knowledge of the game. Um, he is going to be one that Kentucky players will not want to let down because that, that's how close he gets with them. He, they have his word. They have his trust. And I think that, um, I think that he, will, he will be terrific at Kentucky just based on the fact that uh, he builds relationships. He's a very cool guy. And uh, players are just immediately drawn to him.
2: Brandon, last week, Kentucky offered Damian Collins out of Atlanta, Texas. He was a guy who I don't think was on the radar up until uh, the Lucas rumors had come about. So, I know Texas and Oklahoma were two schools that were seen to be front runners for him. Um, Mm -hmm. Before we get into that recruitment, just what kind of player is Collins and, you know, what will he bring to a school?
0: Um a tremendously long and freakish athlete. He is just as athletic as he is long. Um, he impacts the game in so many ways with his length, a terrific uh, shot blocker with great timing. Um, but the thing that stands out to Damien the most is when you see him, you immediately notice that he's painfully thin. But I think it's just incredible how much he's able to get done at that size. And I think he, he just continues to get better. Um, month after month, time after time, and I think that he's one who will get better no matter which school he chooses.
1: And, and this seems like something that John Calipari and that staff were ahead of before the Jay Lucas News became official. They offered Damian Collins. What kind of shot do you give Kentucky? I know that has been Texas, Oklahoma, right as front runners for him, but what kind of shot do you give Kentucky now that Jay is on staff in Lexington?
0: Well, um, as you guys know, Jay was the primary recruiter for uh, – Damien once when Jay was at Texas. And, um, obviously if you noticed, if you looked at Damien's last, uh, cut of list, his schools were all uh, within the region. And I know he's one who wants to stay close to home, but Kentucky has just as good as a shot as Texas and Oklahoma due to the hire of Jay Lucas. And just due to the, you know, the pedigree, the ability to get hybrid fours to the league, the, uh, Quickly, and I know that's one of Damien's goals. Talking to him earlier this month is that he wants to play at the highest level, and what better school to do that at Kentucky? I, I just think that the um, the only thing that hinders Kentucky at this point is just the location, because uh, the family is a close family, um, in a small town in East Texas. So,
2: Brendan, our twenty four seven profile has has his player comparison to Jeremy Grant. Um, is there is there any other player that you that you Feel like Collins's game is kind of modeled after, or do you think that's that's about solid on uh, the Jeremy Grant comparison?
0: Uh, Jeremy Grant is solid from the perspective of the way Damian Collins uh, moves with length and fluidity. I, um, you know, he's a he's a very unique talent. I, I think um, somebody from a defensive perspective, he could have the same impact that Nerlens Noel had just with him protecting the rim with his lint, Um, his ability to block opposing big men, jump hooks, his ability to run the floor. Um, He also, and one thing that you got to realize, I think, you know, it can be a combination between Jeremy Grant and Earlens Noel just due to his developing ball ball skills. You know, we're talking about a kid who was looked upon as a rim running five last year, and now he's a hybrid four man who can step out, put the ball on the floor. and even hit open shots from three, and he just continues to get better. So I think it would be a cross between those two, Jeremy Grant, and uh, Nervis Noel on the run uh, protection side of things.
2: Yeah, last question I have for you before I hand it back over to Sean is the class of 22 in Texas looks like it's loaded. I mean, there are two five-stars in the composite. Eight of the players uh, in the state are ranked in the top 70 on 247sports.com. Kentucky is usually very methodical in offering kids. Um, they've only offered three kids, actually, in the 22 class so far. But with uh, Jay Lucas coming on board, are there any of those kids that you could see Kentucky becoming a player for down the road? Uh, for
0: sure, definitely. Um, as you said, Texas is just completely loaded in the class of 2022. Um, I think they can, We in this state, they probably have about five kids that could even be in the top 25. Um, I think the two primary prospects that y'all should look out for, for Kentucky to start recruiting later on in the future, is uh, Keontae George. I think we have him currently ranked 22 in the uh, 24-7 sports, top 150. Um, very skilled guard. He compares favorably to, to uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, scores it on all three levels, has a good mentality, uh, and he's just very skilled. He has, he has some scoring tools that translate to the highest of levels. And then you have Kaysen Wallace, who I believe, in my opinion, is a cross between uh, Jamiahs Ramsey, who played at Texas Tech last year, and Marcus Garrett, who currently is at Kansas. Um, He currently goes to school at Richardson High School and is just – he just takes matchups personally. Uh, A dude that Coach Calipari would really like just due to his mentality on the floor. Um, He locks dudes up. Uh, He he goes at them offensively. I mean, he's just simply a dog. So – Those are the two that y'all should look out for, um, two of the best basketball prospects in the Class of 22 for the state of Texas.
1: Brandon, you already mentioned the relationships that Jay Lucas builds, and, uh, you know, that's something that we've read in recent weeks that former players coming out, and we saw former Texas players send video that UK actually posted yesterday. It was like messages to Jay for how he had helped them, and it wasn't just guards. It was bigs as well. So Kentucky lost Kenny Payne, who was known for being able to build those relationships. How big is that, that Cal was able to go get one of the best in Jay Lucas, a young guy that is similar to building those relationships the way Kenny Payne did? It is
0: huge. And I think the key word that you used in that question is young. I mean, Jay – Jay has went through most of what these upcoming one-and-done guys that Kentucky recruits has gone through. And I think he could use his past just to possibly affect his, uh, their, their future. I think um, he, he just relates well to kids. He knows what they're going through on and off the court. And I think it's just a perfect hire um, from all areas of the sport. He's very knowledgeable. He knows how to get there and grind and recruit. He's going to be at all the events. Um, it's a, it's a terrific hire. It's a perfect fit for the Kentucky men's basketball program, and I think it's probably the best hire um, a college coaching staff has made this year, this summer.
1: Brandon, we really appreciate you taking some time to join us to uh, break down this Jay Lucas news. I appreciate y'all for having me on. He's Brandon Jenkins, and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more after this. Back everyone to Kentucky Daily. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Brandon Jenkins. Uh, Derek, what do you think about some of the things that Brandon said?
2: You know, he gave the, the Jeremy Grant slash Nerlens Noel comp for uh, Damian Collins, which obviously UK fans will be very familiar um, with Nerlens Noel. But the more I think about this Collins recruitment, you know, he's going to be a guy who it sounds like physically might have some struggles the first year. But in, in every other area, when you talk about a shot blocking and things like that, it sounds like just, you know, a match made in heaven for the way John Calipari wants to have uh, his defense played. So I, I do expect UK to continue to turn the heat up on Collins, especially whenever it looks like there's really no other elite big men who they're in on at this point. So I think you'll see them put the full court press on Collins. And sounds like, uh, according to Brandon, distance might might be the difference maker potentially. But at the same time, uh, I think he might have a hard time saying no to UK. So we'll have to see. Uh, that's, to me, th- that's to be the biggest storyline going forward because I think Bryce Hopkins is pretty much wrapped up. And uh, obviously they've already got Hickman. And we'll have to see what happens with Salas and uh, Jaden Hardy. But I think this Collins one could be pretty intriguing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he mentioned his frame, which I've seen a lot of scouts mention that he's not he's not your typical five man. But mm-hmm. then the things that he does with that frame, it's kind of – surprising that you see him uh, a, really ex- a really hard rim runner. He, he hits the floor in transition, runs right to the rim. Derek, when I've watched tape on him, he, he lives at the rim on both ends of the floor. So a very solid player that, you know, John Calipari and his staff would probably love to have, especially now with Palo Ben Carroll at Duke. But the thing that I took away from that interview was something that I've said multiple times on here, and I, he pulled it out of my question, the word young when it describes Jay Lucas,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're getting a 31-year-old guy, Derek, and I thought it was great. He's not too far removed from what these kids went through. I mean, Patrick Patterson's still playing in the NBA. So, I mean, that's that's how close this window is from high school Jay Lucas to Kentucky assistant recruiting coordinator Jay Lucas. I uh, think that's very important to get some young legs on the staff and wherever, whenever he does get his promotion, I think it could be big that – whenever Kentucky's going to lose one of these guys on staff to someone else as a head coach, whenever that happens, it's probably not even a big concern because you can just slide this guy into a more prominent role.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's – it won't be long, I don't think, before he becomes a, a full-time guy on UK staff. And, yeah, I mean, he he had the All-American experience coming out. You know things change as years go on. But in general, no one else on the UK staff and very few – if any, across the nation, have that kind of playing career that Jay had um, in high school and played at two major universities. And, I mean, Brandon's saying that he thought that was the biggest hire of the whole offseason. I mean, maybe he's saying that because he's close with Jay and knows him well. But at the same time, it really might be. And it's not even in a full-time role, which just goes to show uh, what kind of power move it was for UK.
1: Yeah. So this pretty much wraps up a lot of the news with Jay Lucas. Uh, We wanted to bring someone on that has knowledge of the situation, knowledge of Jay, and I don't think there's anyone better than Brandon. So we hope you enjoyed that interview with Brandon Jenkins. As always, thank you all so much for listening on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. If you're interested in advertising, you know our email information. Our Twitter handles are linked into the descriptions. Or wherever you listen to your podcast, so feel free to DM us there. And thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.